Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 97. Hi, Principal Matters listeners. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to talk about building a community of messaging, understanding the influence of entanglement, engagement, and mission in your school leadership. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out all of my posts, podcasts, books at my website at williamdparker.com. You know, last month I enjoyed some time away with my family in West Tennessee. And while I was there, my son Jack and I hiked the backwoods behind my parents' farm. There's a winding creek that runs behind the house and it's filled with lily pads in the summer. And in the winter, even though those die down, it's an area congested with forests and trees. And on the back end of the creek is a beaver dam that floods an area that's great for duck hunting. And although Jack and I didn't hunt there, we did enjoy just tramping through the woods, looking at fallen trees and enjoying time away. One of the pros and cons of being so far out in the country is also the loss of internet service. So for days, we had no access to email or social media unless we drove seven miles to the nearest town. But one afternoon, my wife and I drove to town looking for a place to drink coffee and check email. And the one coffee shop in the downtown area was closed. So we drove to two other restaurants before we finally found a local Walmart that had internet service. You know, being unplugged isn't always a bad thing. Sometimes it's a good reminder that life goes on right in front of us, whether we're connected to the rest of the world or not. It's also a good time to reconnect with things like your family or playing music or hiking. But I don't know about you, but when I do have time to check email or social media feeds, I realize that I'm not just looking for information. If I'm really honest, I'm also looking for human connection. And in some ways, although we criticize our students for how much technology they consume, we are also looking for connections in our use of technology. You know, it's a normal part of human nature that we derive satisfaction from tools that connect us. And sometimes it's helpful to keep in mind that relationships are what influence so many of our choices, including how well we're reaching students and teachers and community members. This semester, I'm sharing a webinar series on my new book, Messaging Matters, How to Inspire Teachers, Motivate Students, and Reach Communities. And each week, I'll be sharing takeaways on why our messaging is such an important way of building connections and relationships with others in our school communities. In this week's podcast, I'm going to transition to a recording of the first webinar episode in this semester's series. And as I do, I just want you to be thinking about the ways that you're connecting with others in your school communities. Because in our schools, it is the school leader's chief responsibility to be the chief connector. So let me transition to that recording now, and then at the end, I'll come back in with some final thoughts. This semester, we're so excited to be talking about ways that we can increase the communication and the messaging and the relationships that we have with our school members. This series is broken down into parts, and today's conversation is going to be from the introduction 
in chapter one of a book that I was able to publish last year with Solution Tree Press called Messaging Matters. And today we're going to be talking about why messaging matters, how to build a positive culture for messaging, the messaging crisis that we face in schools, the new era for messaging that all of us have the opportunity to be a part of, the opportunity for positive, what I call entanglement. And then we'll talk about how I have organized uh, the book. If you have a copy and if not, feel free to follow along through the content of this webinar series. I want to begin today with two questions. Question one is this. What is a challenge that you know that you're going to be facing this coming semester? What is a challenge that you already know that you're going to be facing? Because I think part of the conversation that we have with messaging begins by identifying what we know is going to be the challenges coming forward and preparing for them before they happen. Now, I know in school leadership, there are crises and challenges that we face every single day that are unanticipated. But there are some things that are going to happen that you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you're going to face this coming semester, whether that's in relationships to teachers or students or community members. How are you preparing for those things now? And the second question is this, what is one celebration that you can already be sharing? Because in addition to the challenges that you're facing right now in schools, there are already things that are happening today. And for many of you, it's day one back, or for some of you guys, it's professional development that's happening today. But what is one thing that's already been happening today that you can be sharing and celebrating? And the reason I want to start with those two questions is this. Often in our leadership in education, when we step into a day, we have both of those competing factors facing us all the time, the challenges and the celebrations. But so often, where do we place most of our attention? And I would say, I would, it's safe to say that your attention would probably be on the areas that I would put mine, which is the challenge. How can I address the challenges that I'm going to be facing today successfully? Because overcoming challenges is a part of what we do in school leadership. But let me challenge you by thinking about question two as much as you may be thinking about question one. As you're facing the challenges and finding solutions, how are you also being mindful of the things that are happening in your school that can be celebrated? Because we need to be communicating out to those around us just as much about the positives happening in our school as we are about finding solutions for the challenges. And so that's, by way of introduction, something that I want you to be chewing on as we are talking today about the first section of why messaging is such an important part of the roles that we play in school leadership. I want to begin with a story. In January 29th of 2015, I heard a story on National Public Radio on a podcast called Invisibilia about some quantum physics scientists who had been able to take some isolated atoms and place them in separate locations, change the molecular structure, and then turn those separate atoms into one atom that was located in two separate places. They placed these atoms in a box, in two boxes that were four feet away, and then they began to manipulate the structure of one atom and noticed that the other, the atom in the other box changed simultaneously. 
Now, here's what was amazing about the science involved in this entanglement is that because of the changes that they had made in the molecular structure, they had actually created one atom in two separate locations. And there was a follow-up article in Live Science by Charles Q. Choi called Quantum Record. And he talked about the fact that scientists can now entangle atoms that are in separate locations to the point where they believe that they could even be a universe apart and still you could touch one and it simultaneously changes in the other location. This is something that scientists can refer to as entanglement and they can explain how this happens, but no one can explain why it happens. And when I was listening to this story on entanglement, I began to think about how does this connect to the kinds of entanglements or connections or relationships that are happening in our schools every single day. And so stay with me for just a moment because I want to talk about the applications of entanglement by asking you some questions to think about this, this morning. First, what person's or ideas consistently surround you? And how do these affect who you are? In other words, who are the people or the ideas that you're consistently connecting with that affect who you are becoming? Here's the second question. How do you purposefully and intentionally influence your home, your work, and your surroundings to bring about the most positive outcomes possible? And here's The final question, how do you tailor your messages within your school environment to teachers and students and communities to reflect the true culture of your school? In other words, how do you affect the entanglements that are happening in your school? Because scientists find that entanglement, scientists find that entanglement happens not only within their experiments, but it happens within human relationships. One example of this would be in the studies that science has done on twins. How can people who are born together but now live in separate locations still sometimes have simultaneous feelings or experiences that science can't seem to explain? Some experiments have been done also with individuals in settings with others. For instance, how are people affected when they're surrounded by other people who are behaving in the same way that changes their own behavior. And and one experiment that was done years ago was when people were all placed on an elevator and an individual enters wearing a hat and he notices that the others in the elevator are taking off their hat, so he takes his off too. And the more times that this experiment was done, the more they realized that the individual was not just taking his hat off in response to the others, but simultaneously taking his hat off. In other words, when we are in environments surrounded by other people, we often, without even noticing it, begin to adapt their behaviors. Now, the difference between a leader and a follower is this. Leaders influence the entanglements of their environments. We don't just respond to the entanglements, but we influence them. It's kind of like the analogy I've heard a friend of mine, Tim Elmore, use in his Habitude series called the difference between a thermostat and a thermometer. Some followers are thermometers. They reflect the environment that they're in. But leaders are thermostats. We change and influence the environment that we're in. So today, I wanted to begin with that analogy about entanglement because I want to think about the mindsets that we have of how are we affecting the relationships, the trust, 
the behaviors, the environments of our schools. Now, let me start by saying this. We, I believe, live in a messaging crisis. Rick DeFore wrote a, a fantastic book a couple of years ago called In Praise of the American Educator, where he outlines the reasons why we should be celebrating the successes of public schools across the nation. Yes, we face all kinds of crisis and challenges in public education, but we also have great successes that are happening across the nation that are often uncelebrated. And he shares a Gallup poll survey that shows that on average, most Americans when surveyed about their opinions on public schools will give schools the grade of a D or an F. But if you ask folks about their local community schools, they'll often grade them as A's or B's. So what's the difference? Well, the difference is this. People that are close to the work that's happening in their local schools can see the successes that are happening. But on a larger scale, they're often missing out on what's happening around them beyond just their local communities. Well, why should this matter to us? Because if our schools have good images, then why should it matter what the schools down the road from us may be experiencing in public perception? Well, here's the point. Perception drives policy. And public policies provide what we need to support our schools. And if the public's perception of our schools overall is a negative one, then how are we ever going to change the public policies needed to make them the best supported places that they can be? And so, with this messaging crisis, I think that as school leaders, we have the opportunity, like we've never had before, to influence the conversation. And so, how would I define messaging? I define it this way. Messaging is the mindset that defines the ways that you communicate. And it's not just the things you say. It's the things that you do. It's the ways that you plan. It's the ways that you prioritize. It's the approach that you take to creating the kinds of cultures and relationships within your school that make school the kind of place that you dream of your own children attending. And then it's promoting that message, that experience out beyond the walls of your school so that others can reflect on the successes and the celebrations happening within your schools too, so that together we're building a momentum of positivity about our schools so that people can see why our schools need support. Now, I believe that there are some amazing outcomes that happen when we commit to positively messaging about our schools. And I'm taking a deep dive in this series over the semester. I've talked a lot about communication in past webinar presentations where I talk about being a cheerleader or being a communicator, but I want to dive deep this semester into ways that you can positively be messaging about your schools. But to do that, I want to set the groundwork by talking about mindset for just a moment. But I believe the outcomes of positive messaging involve these things. When you are committed to positively messaging about your school, negative interactions become the exception instead of the rule. Because you are so consistently celebrating the positives, you begin to overwhelm the negatives with the positives happening around you. Next, Students and team members can engage more in what matters most because you are committing to a positive message and consistently thinking about what others need to know about my school and about our plans and about our goals and about our missions and visions. Then you're able to focus on what matters. Next, I believe that one of the positive outcomes of messaging is that schools 
can celebrate powerful learning opportunities instead of hiding them. And I know no one hides them intentionally, but there are wonderful learning opportunities and engagements happening in our schools every single day that some people never hear about unless we publicize them. And next, expectations can be known in advance, which increase your ability to navigate an entire year before it even begins. And this is something that I think it took me a long time to learn in school leadership which is how do I anticipate what's going to happen in a coming year or coming semester or even a year in advance and begin to navigate toward those goals now so that I'm communicating those things out so far in advance that people know about them long before they happen. Here are a few others. Challenges can be dealt with in positive ways because messaging gives you the ability to take a challenge and turn it into an opportunity. Meaningful feedback can be provided to teachers and team members every single day. So no longer are you just in a classroom for an observation or doing a walkthrough in your building or spending time supervising a game. You're engaging in every one of those moments as an opportunity to message and communicate about what you're seeing so that others can celebrate your schools. Your school's image can be enhanced with digital tools or other means, and we'll talk about how to do that specifically when we get into practical tips. And you can promote the strategies that work for your schools, resulting in improved student behavior and performance. And so I believe that ultimately, the ways that we think about the messaging of our schools affect the entire culture and outcomes of our schools. Now, the book is divided into three parts, and we're going to be talking about each of these areas in this, in this uh, semester's webinar series. First, we're going to talk about how do we message in ways that can inspire our teachers because they need to be encouraged. They need to have strong morale. Second, we're going to be talking about how do we motivate our own students? How do we communicate in such a way where we can help them anticipate the goals that we have for them to reach throughout a school year and keep them motivated in their learning and their outcomes? And third, how do we reach to our communities, because often I think in school leadership, we forget that we're not just working with students and teachers every day, but we're working with their parents and their grandparents and the patrons and the members of our communities that help our schools stay strong for the long term. And so as we're walking through this webinar series this semester, we're going to be talking about each of those areas, inspiring teachers, motivating students, and reaching communities. Now, I want to pause for just a moment and ask you to reflect on a few questions. As you think about your mindset, as you step into 2018, into a new semester, let me ask you these questions. What ways are you intentionally working right now to keep your environment positive? What are the embedded practices that you have for cultivating strong relationships and positive happenings? And what is one step that you can take today towards improving the entanglement experiences for your teachers and your students. Sometimes I think just reflecting on those gives us the ability to step back and remember that we need to have routines, practices, and actions in place for changing the entanglement environment of our schools. So let me challenge you as you are thinking about your 2018 how are you thinking about your school in terms of its entanglement? Do your students have an entanglement and your teachers have an entanglement of experiences when they walk into school every day that are positive, 
and celebratory and focused on helping them succeed. Now, let me tell a story. And if you've listened to me talk about communications before, you may have heard this analogy, but I'm going to share it again because I think it's an important part of thinking about your mindset when it comes to messaging. When I was a boy, my father liked to look at the moon through a telescope. And what I discovered was that you can see close up wonderful things about the moon looking through a telescope. But no matter where you are on the earth, no matter how powerful a telescope you have, you can only see one side of the moon from the earth. The only way you can see the other side is by going there, either through a satellite or in a rocket ship or like our lunar landers did back in 1969 for the first time. And here's the point. As education leaders, we have the opportunity to see more of our schools than anyone else does. In other words, we can see more of the moon of our schools than sometimes parents or community members can see or outsiders can see. And with that privilege comes a responsibility. And I believe that responsibility is that as school leaders, we understand what is the full-orbed vision of our school that we need to help others see so that they can participate in helping promote celebrate and reach the goals of our school. So with that in mind, I want to focus on a, a couple of takeaways. A couple of years ago, I read a book by Jim Collins called Good to Great, where he studies America's most successful companies over the last century. And as a result, he found that the most successful companies share some things in common. And I think these commonalities also are applicable to schools. Great companies understand their passion and their mission, which drives their service goals. And so, as you think about your own school, how can you be understanding the mission of your school every single day that's driving the goals of your school? Number two, great successful companies focus on results rather than obsessing about personal image. In other words, successful organizations, including schools, look at what are our outcomes. Not necessarily how do we look, but what are the outcomes? Because when you're looking at those outcomes, then you have something to celebrate. You have something to be bragging about. You have something authentic to be sharing with others. And then finally, great successful companies build long-term momentum through consistent growth and progress. In fact, they're not consistently changing things over and over again because they're trying to find a solution, which is, I think, a mistake that, that... schools often make, but instead they find what works and they hone in on that for a long, consistent amount of time until they see the momentum and the growth and the progress that they've been working toward. And so, as you think about your school in the context of Jim Collins' work, how can you be understanding the passion, the mission, the drive of your school and focusing on the outcomes that you want to be reaching together with your team? There's another piece of research that I thought was fascinating too. And this was um, a study called the State of the American Workplace, where um, companies all over America participated in a Gallup poll that showed 100 million American workers and whether or not their, how their engagements in work affected the outcomes of their organizations. And I thought this was a fascinating piece of research too, because what they found was this. The average American worker, believe it or not, considers himself or herself to be unengaged in the work that they're doing. 
But those who are engaged, they found, were engaged because, number one, their organizations took times to win their hearts and their minds. They were in it with their hearts, as well as understanding intellectually why they were doing the work that they were doing. Number two, the management of those organizations worked to reduce deficiencies. The leaders of those organizations worked to reduce the distractions so that people could get the work done that needed to happen. And number three, they accelerated engagement by making sure that they had the right team members developing the right strengths and enhancing the well-being of everyone on their team. In other words, they put people in their places of strength and then supported them in that work. And then finally, they avoided using only feel-good incentives. Instead of just focusing on celebrating just for the sake of celebrating, they focused on celebrating things that mattered, results that were actually changing the outcomes of their work. And so, with all of that research in mind, I, I want to make some applications to us as school leaders this week. And I want to remind you that the foundations for positive messaging and communication all rest in building good relationships. Positive communication starts first by being trustworthy. How are we practicing in ways as educational leaders where others can trust us? Because no amount of talking or celebrating or publishing or posting replaces the fact that people can trust that they know that you understand the mission of your school, that you have pointed everyone in the direction that they're going, and then they can trust you to keep your word that you're going to do your part in the mission. Number two, I believe that the foundation for positive communication begins by listening. Unless we are aware of the needs that others have around us, we cannot help find solutions for them. And so instead of looking at the concerns that are brought to you as obstacles, look at them as opportunities because part of our responsibilities as leaders is to listen. When others are voicing concerns or they're voicing challenges, it should be an opportunity to find a solution, not a, not a moment to be frustrated and to be irritated by people's negative attitudes, but instead to look for the problem behind the complaint and then figure out where can we find a solution together. So being a listener is a part of building a culture of positive messaging. Number three, listen for stories behind the stories. In other words, when people are speaking to you, don't assume what they're saying is exactly what they mean. In other words, when a student comes to you, for instance, and he may be using an, a universal statement, like my teacher always um, is unfair. Normally what a student is saying there is that he or she feels disrespected, or maybe there's a misunderstanding, but I guarantee that always is not the word that defines that situation best. It's the same things with parents, with teachers, and even in our own conversations. Make sure that you're listening for the stories behind the story so that you don't get distracted by the universal statements that people make. Because the goal is to be strong listeners so that we can find good solutions. And number four, don't allow misunderstandings to stop communication. If there is a misunderstanding that's happening or you feel misunderstood, don't allow that to stop you from still reaching the point that you're trying to make in your communication. Because positive communication means you as the leader are committed to making sure that the goals are being communicated even if the other person is not being agreeable or perhaps has a difficult time understanding on the front end. Don't allow yourself to get caught up in the misunderstandings and avoid communicating the important message. And finally, number five, I would say the foundation for positive communication is seeing the other side of the moon for other people. In other words, just like people can't always see 
your entire perspective as you work in schools, and sometimes there's things you can't share because they're confidential or they're private, there are things going on in the lives of your teachers or students or community members that you can't see either. You know, I can think of some examples of where I've walked straight from a hallway where there's been a conflict or maybe I've just had to manage a fight between students that took a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of parent phone calls and I might go straight from that into an IEP meeting or a parent conference or a phone call has come in. None of the people in that new setting have any idea what I just was managing. And so I owe them the respect that they could not see the other side of my moon in that moment. I owe them the same respect that I couldn't see what happened to them that morning or that day before they stepped into the conversation with me. All of us walk into situations where we're managing lots of scenarios that others can't see. And so it's important for us to walk into them, those conversations by assuming the best, giving each other the opportunity to build trust, to be good listeners, to listen for stories behind stories, and to not allow misunderstandings to stop positive communication. Now, it, let me give you a chance to reflect. As you think about 2018 and your, and your ideas of, of messaging, what are your school's missions and visions for this semester? Have you been reflecting on them yourself and with your team? How are you moving towards those goals by building positive momentum? How are you beginning to communicate a message around those goals? And what steps can you, take, can you take to increase the engagement that you have with teachers and community members? And how can you be sharing classroom activities that model the main goals of your school this year? All of these questions have one thing in common. That is, how do you build your communication around your vision and your mission? Because when you understand your vision and your mission, and you're communicating that to those around you, and you have established what the, the goals of your school are, then you have something to talk about. As you think about your own messaging for 2018, what ways are you engaging in creating positive entanglements? How can you begin to rethink about your own mindset when it comes to messaging? The fact that everything that you do in relationships affects the way that you communicate. And then finally, how are you looking at your school overall to make sure that everyone shares a common goal and a mission so that together you're pushing and moving in the same direction? I hope that's helpful as an introduction to messaging because as we dive into some more practical aspects in the coming weeks, we're going to be talking specifically about ways that we can be influencing messaging with teachers messaging with students, and messaging with community members, as well as a lot of resources and examples of ways that you can, you can be practicing that in your school as well. I'd love to stay connected. If you um, have questions or follow-ups after this webinar is over, you can always reach out. You can stay connected with me through my email at parker at cosa.org or through Twitter or through Instagram. My handle there is William underscore D underscore Parker. But next time on January 16th, we're going to be talking about how to begin to cultivate more positive messages with your teachers, how to promote collaboration among your team members, strengthen communications, how to develop key responsibility areas for your staff, and then how to model the behaviors that you expect by providing feedback and encouraging positive instruction among teachers. It's a lot to cover, and I want to thank you for the time that you've taken to listen in or to view today's webinar 
And next time that we're together, I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation. Thank you again. Thanks for doing what matters and I'll see you next time. This week, as we're wrapping up this podcast episode, let me just end with some final thoughts. You know, as my son and I were hiking together on our trip back home over Christmas, we crossed through a stretch of woods and into a series of fields where I realized as a boy, I had hauled a lot of hay there. In some ways, those fields and forests looked the same as they did 30 years ago, but in other ways, the landscape had changed a lot with taller trees and places or patches of woods that had been damaged by storms. And as I think about how things around us change, the ways that we communicate also change. But it should be no surprise that people are always looking for great ways to connect, whether historically with things like the printing press and the telephone, or today with text messages or Voxer apps, or tomorrow with who knows what new technology will exist. But at the end of the day, whether we are finding connections through technology or face-to-face, We all find value in relationships. So thank you for the way that you are connecting others in your schools. Because no matter how old you are, you will always be looking for powerful ways to stay connected. And as school leaders, we have to keep in mind that people want to feel a sense of purpose and connections in the work that they do and in the schools where they attend. So whether you're communicating with your team members or students or community members, your messaging plays a powerful role and how engaged and tangled and committed people feel to the mission and the outcomes of your school. So thank you for serving with purpose and pride. Thank you for serving with vision. Thanks for doing what matters. And I'll talk to you again soon.